Hello friends, I am your host Sarah and today I will be doing this podcast alone since last time Amber told her story about how she left the FLDS, I will be telling mine. Alright, so now I'm just going to get started from where the first, I don't know what to call it, the first um, little bits are start. (laughs) Okay. So, in 2016, we were living in hiding, and if you don't know what hiding is yet, it's just what my father had us live in, supposedly because the government was after his family, and he said that if they captured us, then we would possibly be killed. Anyway, so that's just kind of why we were in hiding. So, father sent this message that said, mom and I were being sent away. Now, being sent away just means you are not a member of the FLDS, but it doesn't mean you can't be baptized again. Being sent away forever means you can never be baptized again and you are cons- or you are supposed to be considered as dead to your family. Your family is supposed to get rid of all evidence you live and yeah. So that's kind of a little dictionary to help us out through this. So mom and I were both sent away to live with my uncle in 2016. So we went from hiding to Oklahoma where my uncle lived and we just stayed there with him for about six months. And then after that mom got a call and we were supposed to come back to the land of refuge that was in South Dakota. And at this time, the South Dakota Land of Refuge was basically like the best place on earth you could be. And it was where all the, well, all the people father considered the best people lived. So we went to South Dakota and honestly, I was kind of surprised when we got there because we lived in like this house that had four different like uh, apartment things in them. It was for really small families that moved on the land, so we didn't go to live at the Warren Jeff's house. We went and lived in our own apartment, and the thing is, we were not supposed to talk to anybody that lived in that apartment place, so we had our own little apartment. Anyways, it was really weird because we would go outside, we would be planting flowers, pass them on the sidewalk, we were not supposed to acknowledge them. Yeah, it was kind of weird because we were not rebaptized yet. Um, father was going to have us be rebaptized, I think, but yeah, I think that's because he was the only priesthood bearer. So basically, we had to wait till he got out of prison, which is never going to happen. Anyways, so we couldn't talk to anybody, and we lived there for exactly a month before we were called up to the Warren Jeff's house, where a message was read to my mom telling her all these bad things that she had supposedly done with me. And apparently, (laughs) well, okay, so it was father's mother that was reading the messages to us. And father had requested that I hear the message as well, which was really weird because the things he was accusing my mom of were just dark, like doing immoral things with me, her daughter. And obviously I had, I didn't really know what any of that meant, but now I understand more. Anyways, so it was basically saying that I was no longer mom's child. She was to hand over my birth certificate and everything to another one of the mothers 
saying she had wrote, okay, she had raised her daughters in the correct manner. The thing is, is she was also sent away forever. This may be really, really confusing to you. <laughs> it's confusing to me too. But she was sent away forever before mom was sent away forever. And the mother that I was given to was sent away forever, like, and didn't know she was sent away forever. Okay, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> so mom was really confused, but she just did it because she knew that I knew better. I knew that I wasn't that other mother's child. And so mom just gave her a copy of my birth certificate. She didn't give her the all the documents. She just gave her copies. Anyways, so mom kind of, when we left, we got to leave that land of refuge with two suitcases. That was it. And there was three of us leaving in like a tiny, tiny, tiny car. And yeah, that was it. Everything else was left on the land. And we drove out of that place not knowing anything about where, where we were supposed to go. The only states that he told us not to live in were Colorado, Utah, South Dakota, and Texas. So those were the states we were not allowed in because those were the states that occupied the most FLDS. Anyways, so mom just decided that it would be best to just go live back with my uncle who lived in Oklahoma. And as for me, we met up with that other mother who is now supposedly my mother and my birth certificate and everything was given to her. Well, the copy of it was, and we went to live in Denver where they were currently living. So now this mother, the mom has kind of signed me over to, has five kids, and now I was the sixth. <laughs> Anyways, so I lived in Denver. I really felt out of place, but those girls, her girls, were my sisters, so obviously they helped me a lot. And I lived in Denver for a couple of weeks, and then we moved to Cedar City, Utah. From there... We basically, we had a house with no furniture, no food. We slept on the floor. We ate grapes, like things we could eat with our fingers. And the reason we moved to Cedar City, Utah is because this new mother and all her kids, not me, just all her other kids, had been called to these secret meetings that were happening in Colorado City, Utah. So... They went down to those meetings every Sunday, and guess who got to sit out in the car? I did. And there was this um, really creepy guy. He was FLDS, but he would put his hands, like, cup his hands over his eyes and look in the window of the truck that I was sitting in that was boiling hot, and he would just look at me like I was the most unworthy person, and it was really, really, really awkward. <laughs> Anyways, so that kind of happened, like, a lot every Sunday because I couldn't be left at home and that was until mom was like okay I'm coming to get you I'm coming to get Sarah and she just told that mother that she was coming to get me and the mother was just like okay you know she kind of disrespected it and I mean obviously she thought it was bad because why I mean a person who has been sent away forever coming to get their child is kind of seen as very evil so mom came and got me we went to Oklahoma. We lived in Oklahoma for a little bit longer with my uncle. And then I was called to those secret meetings. So just me. But me and mom moved 
two-seater with, like, Cedar City, Utah, with, like, a distant relative from my uncle's side. I don't really know how it worked. Anyways, we lived in his house on his farm, and I went to the meetings every Sunday, and mom just stayed in a random house while I was in there, and it was really, really scary because as a 14-year-old girl who is walking into this big meeting house, you have to get your name, like, written down, checked off, whatever, and then at the end of the meeting, well, you have to sit there, and they're like, if anyone in this meeting has been using the internet, please stand up, and you will be, you know, rebuked, whatever. Anyways, I had been using the internet, obviously, and I felt like the most wicked person in the world, but newsflash, everybody in that room used the internet, and not one person stood up because they were afraid of being humiliated, which is like, yeah, (laughs) the norm. But, so, I went to those meetings for quite a while, and that was in 2016 still, yes. And while we were living in Cedar City, Utah, my mom contacted my brother, who she was told not to contact a while before this, like several months, because he was sent away forever. He was 14. Keep that in mind. Wait. He was 14 when he was sent away. Now he would have been 16. And he hadn't talked to mom for a very, very, very long time. Anyway, she got a hold of his number and was able to contact him, and he came to Utah where he met us for the first time, and it was really awkward, because I was like, who is this? But it was my brother. (laughs) Anyways, he was a completely new person, and so he helped us get a house somewhere else in Utah. I'm not going to, like, disclose the location, but he helped us get a house, rent a house, and we all lived together in that house for a little while. We were still in the FLDS at this time, but we were not Well, we were in contact with my family because we were basically the halfway hotel to the meetings. Everybody would stay at our house and then go to the meetings. But, so, yeah, we were in contact with our family. But we weren't, like, living with our family. Just me and mom and my brother. Anyways, so, after a little bit, we showed up to the meetings to drop me off. And keep in mind, this is after we had, like, paid for these fancy books that we were supposed to pay for and everything that supposedly had the word of God in them. And yeah, basically our money was taken. <laughs> and the the runner of the meeting, like the head of the meetings, came up to the cars. There was like a line of like a hundred cars waiting by the gate. And he came up to the every car and said the meetings have been postponed till for till um, the prophet's further notice, something, something, something. He would say that to every person, and we would just t- drive away, like, what is happening? Uh, you have her money. <laughs> Anyways, apparently, at least I think he's the one that ran off with our money to Colorado, but that's beside the story. So, after this, it, we taught some FLDS kids school. I was 14, teaching first grade and second grade, We taught them school for an entire school year, which was supposed to have been my freshman year of high school. But usually in the FLDS, you only go to eighth grade. So I had done eighth grade and yeah, mom just homeschooled me. And 
the thing is, is it was homeschool curriculum that we had made. So technically I had kind of done freshman year in my eighth grade year. So we homeschooled them. We got really close with their family. And I've told about Jason's drowning on here. So yeah, that happened with their eight-year-old boy. And that is how my mom met my dad, my stepdad now, because he was the sheriff that rescued him. Anyways, so I think that kind of opened up like a huge opportunity for us. And mom kind of got to, you know, was talking to the sheriff and he knew a lot of of truth about the FLDS that we did not know because, you know, we really didn't search it up on the internet or anything. But he helped mom kind of like understand the truth. And he was like, I'm not going to tell you anything unless you really want to know it. Like he wasn't about to like force this on us or anything. So mom had some really long like conversations with him that helped her understand what we were in was a cult. And yeah, so later after that, I could tell mom was definitely going through something, but she didn't tell me yet. And one day she was like, Sarah, we need to go for a drive. So we went for a run with our dogs and we got back in the car and she was like, I need to tell you something. And I was like, um, did someone die? Like who died? You know, it could literally be anything because of all the crap that was going on around that time with, um, one of father's wives, like trying to get all the girls that she had, um, been the caretaker of, namely me, <laughs> and marry us to, well, our cousin, Dalton Jeff. <laughs> Anyways, um, so she told me that, I mean, she just kind of told me straight up, like, basically your entire life is a lie. And I was like, uh, what? You know, it's kind of one of those things that you're just like, you're just kind of like cold still and you're just like, are you, are you like joking? Like, when should I laugh? But no, she was definitely not kidding. And she kind of explained to me who my father was and the fact that he was a criminal, the fact that he was a rapist and kind of everything hit. And I was like, wow. And we just sat there and cried for a couple of hours. And well, those hours turned into days while we were trying to process everything and during that time is when I went through the questioning stage. I don't know if that's even a thing, but that's what I went through. And I was like, am I even Sarah? Was I even born on March 18th? But then I know that my mom would never lie to me. And that's even the reason that she told me the truth once she knew the truth. And we kept it secret, actually, from my brother for a month about until he saw me in a let's just call it gentile dress because that's what we called it a normal you know dress and it's actually it was actually very modest but he told me he had never seen me look uglier he took it back obviously later but he it definitely took him a little bit he had to come out on his own terms that is one thing if you ever are thinking about helping someone leave the flds don't they have to they have to do it on their own terms because if not they will immediately just think oh they're lying to me they're lying to me that's what we have been taught in our entire lives they they are lying to me they only have my worst interests at heart but if they find it out on their own they go through all the processes of 
uh, grief or whatever it is, it's so much better that way because they can do it on their own with their own brain, process through their emotions on their own, which is what needs to happen. Anyways, so that's what my brother did. And he eventually came out with us that same year. And it was July, the end of July, 2018, when we finally left FLDS. And yeah, it was, then I went straight into high school because high school starts on August 12th. So I went straight into high school, obviously huge culture shock. And yeah, I think I've told it pretty much from there. But yeah, if you are wanting to listen to my high school story along with Amber's high school story, you can find it in some episodes we have already recorded. But thank you so much for listening to our stories, and thank you so much for listening to this story, and I hope you have a great day, or night. Bye.